0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, look who's back in action. Jimmy, Jimmy, coming to you
1: live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who didn't give a Women's Day award to a biological man. Jill Biden. The First Lady honoring the first man to receive a Women's Courage Award at the White House yesterday. This is Looney Tunes.
2: Looney Tunes. That's all, folks.
1: Straight Looney Tunes. And we're going to discuss it with Kennedy, the most talented woman in all of TV. Jason Chaffetz is going to be here as well to discuss the bombshell testimony from former CDC director Robert Redfield that Dr. Fauci... All but funded the very research that gave us COVID 19.
3: He should be behind bars. Not
1: sure if he will wind up there, but I am here with you at 888 788 9910, a show that has functioned with one rule and one year, one rule only uh, every day since its inception three years ago today. Uh, that is true. Today is the three year anniversary of Fox Across America. Oh, there you go. All right. But nothing has really changed other than other than the size of my waistline.
0: That boy is a P I G P.
1: Maybe the size of our audience, but other than that, the rules are still the same. Happy three-year anniversary. Be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a There you go. And yes. Congratulations to Fox Across America and this phenomenal audience on 36 months on the air. A lot of people lost money on this one in Vegas, uh, including me, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, woo! I was like, this is going to be a fun three or four weeks. When we were actually hired, when we went on the air, March 9th, 2020, which is really funny because we were launching a show called Fox Across America on March 9th, 2020. We're like, Jimmy's a comedian. We're going to do the show. All over America. Fox Across America became Fox Across Zoom five days after its launch. The pandemic hit, uh, the lockdowns kicked in. And if you remember, we began something called 15 Days to Slow the Spread. That dragged on for a little over a year. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. But uh, we have been here now uh, for a lot longer than I expected to last. I'm not even kidding. I mean, I've had a great time. It's been phenomenal. But on the day we launched, uh, my man John Sylvester, who's the head of the radio department here at Fox, him and Maria Donovan brought me a big celebratory cookie in the studio, and on the cookie they literally wrote the words, "Here's to one great week of radio." <laughs> <laughs> With the premise being that we'd be sent home after five days. Little did they know we would all be sent home after five days. (laughs) Right. It was nuts. Uh, But we rode through a pandemic, uh, what felt like the full on collapse of society in the summer of 2020. And then ultimately that spilled into the election of Joe Biden as your 46th president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. Uh, And it's been a magical ride. Like, I have to say that you listeners have fueled, uh, you know, I don't even know what you could compare this to. Like in this age, we started on about 27 stations. I think we're close to 150 now. And uh, I mean, seriously, like three years ago, I was lucky if I was on TV once a week. Now I'd be lucky if I was off TV like two hours a day. It's psychotic. And I'm not complaining. Like it has been and amazing, and it had been an absolutely amazing time um, in the drinking story of my life, when I'm like, back to what I'm supposed to be doing, which is being a fat guy in the suburbs who tells crazy stories in his backyard. That's all I ever wanted to do. You know, I grew up, my dad was a cop, his buddies were cops, and they'd get together and get drunk in the backyard and be like, one time I arrested a guy, (laughs) arrested a guy in a unicorn costume. What the hell did (laughs) you you say? Fun stories, and uh, you know, I of course became a cab driver and put together a lot of Fun stories along the way, uh, but there's no story more fun than what this has morphed into, uh, which is a TV and media career that I think has exploded beyond all believable bounds. And my superpower, so you understand, is the fact that I really don't have one. The reason this show is doing as well as it is, the reason my TV career is doing as well as it is, is because of you folks, you people who frequent this little media sphere, who get that I am so very much entrenched in your way of seeing the world as opposed to some type of hyper-educated media elite. It's one of the biggest comments I get about the meet and greets we do on the show is everybody, whatever event we're at, say we're at Federal Way, Performing Arts Center Friday night, we're at the Crest Theater Saturday night, wild crowds, a thousand people, okay? And I'll take the time to meet every one of you after the show because you're my people, I'm interested. I have a genuine intellectual curiosity in other people, and that stems from my time as a cab driver. But every venue that hosts Fox across America at the end of the night when they're settling you up, signing you out, you pee in the cup, you know, giving them the blood sample, the retina scan and all of that, uh, they'll always say, yo, your crowd is like the most bizarre thing I've ever seen and that they're the sweetest people from top to bottom. No one gets in fights. No one gets so drunk they throw up. No one heckles. No one's like militant. No one's an a-hole. They said, but that being said, a lot of them are kind of like... Jerks to me, meaning me as the talent. And I don't mean jerks like mean. I mean jerks like funny. They're like, we've never hosted an event. Like, say, somebody was saying one of the venues, like, yeah, we had like Aerosmith here last week. I I never saw anybody walk up to Steven Tyler and insult him at the meet and greet after the show. I think he's got a (laughs) part. And yes, obviously, Steven Tyler's on a totally different stratosphere. But the point is, people who think I'm worth seeing uh, have a relationship with me uh, that's very much that of an equal. You know, and you run into, you know, most big TV people. I'm talking the big people. Like, if you saw Tucker Carlson on the street, you might like, oh, my God, Tucker Carlson. But you see me, and you're like, hey, Jimmy Fallon, you got change of a 20, just a regular guy. And uh, so I raise a glass to all of you for three years of powering this regular guy to some dizzying heights. Uh, but it's been a wild time, and I don't think anybody has enjoyed it more than me, except maybe Lincoln.
4: He's a lousy dad, but he's
1: right. If I could— I would give all of you an award, uh, but I no trophies to give out. They were all given away yesterday at the White House where Jill Biden. Okay, they have essentially turned International Women's Day into Halloween. It's just Halloween. It's not honoring women. It's honoring men in this instance who are dressed up as women. That's what's going on. And I make this point. Okay, not because I hate transgender people, not that I don't want them to feel safe in society. We're not trying to inspire a wave of hate crimes. Okay. This is the most tolerant and inclusive society in the world. In fact, if you were going to be trans, you'd want to be trans here. Because in other parts of the world, they'd throw you off a building. Okay. It's you know, one of the biggest jokes of our the modern era is people in America claiming they're oppressed. There is nothing on earth. Okay, less oppressive than the society you happen to live in right now. That's the whole crux of the show. We're not
0: going to sit here and listen to
1: you bad mouth the United States of America. Can't do it because we have too much perspective. I got here from being a cab driver, driving 84 hours a week and doing stand up at night. I know what this country is capable of for everybody listening to the show. But it's one of the biggest jokes. If you remember two summers ago when everybody was mad at the cops, you know, they were so worked up, they wanted to defund the guy in the village people. They canceled Live PD. They wanted to get the dog out of Paw Patrol. Do you remember that? We can't have any positive portrayals of police in the media, so we're going to cancel the dog in Paw Patrol. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And lo and behold, the dog is gainfully still employed, thank gosh. But everybody got so carried away that if you remember, they were banning the cops from the Pride Parade. Out in Denver, they're like, nah, the cops aren't welcome at the Pride Parade. We know People of color don't feel safe around the cops. The gay community doesn't feel safe around the cops. Yo, can I just be very clear? If you live in a country where you can ban the cops from showing up to your party and they'll listen, you are not oppressed. Okay? Not in any way, not even a little, not even kind of, sort of. Okay, if you had a pride parade in Iran tomorrow, the cops are coming. (laughs) It's going to be the shortest pride parade in the history of the world. Okay, it's going to be over about three minutes and it's not going to end good for anybody. And I'm not telling you Iran is the model we should hold ourselves to. I'm telling you, you have rights and privileges in this country that don't really exist in other parts of the world, which brings me to what's going on now when it comes to women. Okay, they are trampling the the rights of women. They are trampling the unique biological differences between men and women, and they're doing so because it is a manufactured civil rights movement. That's true. That That is, is true. It's exactly what's going on. You know, we had like women's rights. Now what we're going through is I'm pretending to be a women's rights.
5: I'm telling you, that boy's a genius.
1: That's what it is. I'm pretending to be a women's rights. And anybody who gets in the way of my pretending to be a woman, they should be imprisoned, should lock them up. We should fire them from their jobs. Are you threatening me, sir? Yes, they are. They're threatening you every day if you don't play along with gender appropriation. Do you remember Rachel Dolezal? She was fired from her job, banned from polite society because she was a white woman claiming to be black. Do you remember that? Rachel Dolezal, she's got to go. You can't pretend to be black. What are we talking about? Why? Because she's not biologically black. You can't just go say you're something that you biologically aren't. Okay, fair. But then how is it okay to... Pr- Claim you're a woman if you ain't a woman. okay? and the answer is it's a double standard. And when there's a double standard, there's no standard. Correct the mundo. But understand, that's what's going on. They have manufactured a new civil rights movement. And the reason they're doing that is because they want to be able to push back against anybody who disagrees with their trampling of the female agenda and call you a bigot, and call you a transphobe. It gives them a lane to run in politically. You know, like the Democrats like to say, well, vote for us because the other guys are racist. That's what you got to vote for us. All right, so what? The crime's through the roof. You can't pay for goods. There's no gas for the car. We're out of baby formula and the border's overrun, and Everybody's ODing. But do you realize what a bunch of bigots there are on the other side of this? Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Okay, that's what this is. And again, I want trans people to feel tolerant and accepted and included in our society. In fact, I had the actual Jackie Robinson of the trans movement in this instance a white person by the name of Caitlyn Jenner in my studio okay she works here for us at Fox she's a phenomenal hang really funny Gets so much wisdom having been in the upper elite circles of media and celebrity for as long as Bruce Jenner was before he became Caitlyn Jenner okay but is there anybody more vilified by the tolerance mafia than Caitlyn Jenner? Is there anyone out there they hate more than Caitlyn Jenner? The answer would be no. And why do they hate her? Because she votes Republican. Bingo. So you understand it's not about making Caitlyn feel included. It's not about looking out and protecting all trans people. It's about protecting the ones who vote Democrat.
0: He knows what he's talking about.
1: Here's Jill Biden yesterday giving an international women of courage award to a transgender woman meaning she's giving an international courage award to a man when you're right you're right And you're right clip three
2: in argentina alba ruada is a transgender woman who was kicked out of classrooms barred for sitting for exams refused job opportunities subjected to violence and rejected by her family But in the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI plus community in Argentina.
1: Hooray! So we're happy for everything she does, okay? Is that fair to biological women? The answer would be no. Okay, and to be clear, I say biological women because there are vast differences. between biological men and biological women.
6: Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir.
1: But we're now parading on as if that's not the case. And we know it's a lie, but this is a manufactured civil rights movement where they want to be able to slander anybody who pushes back on behalf of biological women. As some type of a bigoted, hateful homophobe. I wish no ill will to the transgender community. The whole point of America is everybody could do whatever the hell they want to be except be a woman who's asking for a level playing field. OK, when we're either in an award ceremony or heaven forbid a swimming pool, you can be anything you want to be except a biological woman.
0: Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total Tea. Nugenics Total T. it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? NuGenix Total Tea Testosterone Booster has testophen, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose. Everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's two three one two three one, 231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy day on the show. Kennedy's coming up. My man Jason Chaffetz is going to be in the house as well. But batting leadoff, he is in Brooklyn, New York. Alex is on the line. Yo, Alex.
0: Hey, Jimmy. Thanks so much for taking the call. You know, I was always
5: very upset about the fact that stupid people... And people that don't qualify for jobs weren't getting the job. Like if you were stupid, you weren't able to get a job that was meant for smart people. But now because of the
6: wokesters and democratic mob, now they're just focused on trans people and gay people. No matter whether they have the credentials or not, like Pete Buttigieg, he can be as stupid as he is. But as long as he's gay, he checks the box and he gets the job. So they're a lot more diverse than they think they
7: are because they're getting a lot of stupid people as well.
1: Well, What I think is so fascinating, Alex, is that if the whole goal was we need a gay transportation secretary, If that really is the goal and that's just what they're going with, I'll respect their opinion, even if I don't agree that that should be the criteria. Why not take the extra effort to find somebody qualified? It's undoubtedly true that there's a gay man out there that could be running the transportation department. We just don't have him on the job, you know. But when you speak about qualifications really quick, is there any – when you talk about, like, how you don't have to be qualified, is there anyone less qualified than a biological man who's winning woman of the year? Well, he, he
6: should
5: not be in the pool. He should not so he, he should crazy. not be anywhere there. That's crazy, absolutely. <laughs> you, I wanna ask you just a quick question about yeah. your show because yeah. you have all these different sound effects and mm-hmm. all these different
1: quotes coming in. Do you have someone sitting by mm-hmm. with a sound pad because you have, like, hundreds of different sounds. No, that's all me, man. Where, that's all me. How do you manage that? It's um, insane. You, seriously, right now, as I'm sitting here talking to you, there's 300 clips I could play at any second, and I know where they I, are.
4: How do you know how to set it up? Well, uh, I know where scripted. they are. So let me explain it to you.
1: Well, you can't script it. It happens too fast. I know. You know but I know. that's why you can't let somebody so else do it. So what happens is it's called a board, and on the board I have about six pages of 50 drops mm-hmm. each. And I kind of, you memorize where they are in your head. So as you hear yourself mm-hmm. making a point, you know what I mean? You'd be like, you know, Pee Wee Herman would be good to add to what I'm saying to Alex right now. You, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So <laughs> things just come to mind, and the next thing you know, you're listening to a sound effect, Al. So congratulations well, on being let inside the process, but that's it for you. I'm really excited. Go home
4: to mommy.
6: Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy.
1: Back in action. Big Thursday of Fox Across America. Taking my TV talents back to the Sean Hannity show tonight. If you missed last night's show, uh, me and Sean had a fun one-on-one hit. Posted it on the Fox Across America Facebook page. As well as the Fox Across America website. Mikey! There it is. You can catch it on Facebook. You can catch it on the website. Uh, Somebody's about to catch a beating over this misinformation surrounding Ron DeSantis down in Florida. I have so many crazy clips to play for you. Now, when this show launched three years ago, okay, it launched three years ago today, the one promise I made is is an honest conversation said, like, hey, if I ever get anything wrong, you can call up, tell me I got it wrong, and I'll happily be wrong because I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. But the one thing I've wanted to do was give everybody a little forum where every listener was getting the full truth about a particular subject and then left to decide for themselves, okay? Because I don't want to be in charge, okay? That's not the thing, man. It's like I want nothing to do with that. I spent a lot of time listening to talk radio in a cab. And every show I listened to, even if I liked it, even if I found it entertaining, I was like, well, you know, this guy's kind of running my life now. OK. And, you know, I don't want to run your life. I want you to do your own thing. I will give you my opinion. I'll give you the, you know, my best guess. A lot of times we're working off, in you know, speculation and horse sense as we were doing yesterday when we were talking about the capital. OK. But the one thing I want everybody to have, the one thing I do want to force on every one of you is the truth, is the full fact of story. And that's one of the reasons we have something over the course of three years we developed. It's called permanent audio. On this show, oftentimes we'll be talking about an event, and I'll say, well, you know, like, this is what they were saying a year ago. This is what they were saying six months ago. You know, a good example. So a good example would be, if you remember when Biden launched his presidential campaign, okay, he said he was running because Donald Trump never condemned the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists. That was the claim. He's like, well, you know, I got to run, because if you remember Donald Trump, he never condemned the neo-Nazis, he never condemned the white nationalists down in Charlottesville. And so a lot of people heard that, and they were like, well, uh, you know, what kind of animal would never condemn the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists? And here at Permanent Audio, we were like, and you had people and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white
6: nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Oh, you don't say.
1: Holy hell. But that's how it works. You know, we hold on to permanent audio when they said, oh, you know, we're implementing a vaccine mandate. And I was like, well, no, no, they said they were never going to implement a vaccine mandate. And everybody on the left was like, shut your
6: mouth! You're getting people killed! No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory.
3: Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates, and if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people?
2: Well, I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, That is the role that institutions, private sector entities uh, and others may take. That certainly is appropriate. Also, local communities uh, are going to take steps they need to take.
1: I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public.
0: You are a sad, strange little man.
1: Permanent audio. OK, you understand? I want you to have the facts. So sometimes we're tasked with going back in time and getting you a politician's original take on an issue so we can show you where they've either abandoned principle – or they've changed science because the political science changed. You know, COVID was the best example of that when it came to masks. People should not be walking around with masks. Wait, wait, what? People shouldn't be walking around with masks? Let me start over. Surely he didn't feel that way for long. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. and Masks
4: are protective. And we, but it's not
1: providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. <laughs> there has n- not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. Wait, what? Holy ho- What? So uh, I guess we have some issues? No, <laughs> we have no issue because everyone in the media just continued to pretend those things were never said to us. The media is a bunch of losers. So that's why we have permanent audio. OK, and right now we're cutting together what's probably going to be more permanent audio because the truth is as it pertains to Ron DeSantis in Florida he's one of the republican front runners he's a guy that people think has a tremendous chance of winning the white house in 2024 wrong okay right or wrong the media has taken aim on ron desantis when he passed the parental rights and education act it was designed to do what ban sexual curriculum for ch- children between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. I would argue they shouldn't be reading it before seventh grade. Okay, but stick with me. The ban was you can't teach sex to kids. Not straight sex, not gay sex, not trans sex, any sex. So it's not like he banned one type of sex. He banned all of it. He banned gender ideology. You can't teach them they need to be a boy. You can't teach them to be a girl. You can't teach them they're a boy trapped in a girl's body or a girl trapped in a boy's body. You can't teach them any of that while they're developing. Just teach them real biology.
6: Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady.
1: Only a matter of time before the left starts tearing down Mr. Rogers' statues. Seriously, how long before we get the apology for Tom Hanks for playing him? Listen, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize (laughs) I was portraying such a hateful man who suggested that only women could have babies.
0: What the hell is the world
1: coming to? See, what they do is it's always manufactured grievance. When DeSantis banned sex ed, They're like, oh, this is a scam. He's banning gay people. He doesn't like the gays. I'm like, hello, Florida's not anti-gay. If you've ever been to Key West, it's all gay. And they're having a great time, as they should. You ever been to South Beach? It's pretty gay. And you want to know something? It's pretty happy. They're having a good time, as they should. Gay people don't feel threatened or under attack in Florida. Okay, the media would like you to believe they do. You know what else the media would like you to believe? That DeSantis was requiring bloggers to register with the state. Here is DeSantis explaining yesterday in his book ban event, and we'll get into what that means, clip 15.
5: Every person in the legislature can file bills, right? I see these people filing bills, and then there's articles with my face on the article saying that oh they're gonna have to re- bloggers are gonna have to register for the state and it's like attributing it to me and I'm like, okay, that's not anything that, that, that I've ever supported, I don't support. Uh, I've been very clear about what we're doing, and so people have a right to file legislation, they have a right to, to do different types of amendments and all that other stuff, um, but the Florida, leg- a whole 120 of them in the House and however many, and the 40 in the Senate, you know, they have independent agency to be able to do things. Like, I don't control every single bill that has been filed or amendment, so just as we go through this session, uh, please, um, you know, understand that
1: okay understand that but why is that significant because the democrats msnbc their historian michael beschloss is a clown he's an actual clown when trump got caught with classified documents michael beschloss tweeted a picture of the rosenbergs the couple that was executed by our government for spying on behalf of the russians that's what michael beschloss tweeted a couple of weeks later joe biden gets caught with classified information do you think michael beschloss was Calling for execution? The answer would be no. The man's a clown, like it's an actual straight clown. <laughs> but here he was trying to take down DeSantis, calling him Rick DeSantis and claiming he was Mussolini because of his blogger registration and his book bans. Here's clip 19.
7: People who try to get a nomination in parties,
6: you know, do it by trying to appeal to what they think will work. Well, look what Rick DeSantis has done in Florida. He was known as sort of a nondescript uh, political
7: leader, member of Congress. Suddenly he really has tried to turn himself into sort of a local Mussolini in Florida with the book banding and the brutal tactics and even this week this suggestion that bloggers have to register with the state for the honor of writing about the governor and other, other political leaders. We have to call this what this is. This is fascism and authoritarianism that goes even beyond what Trump has talked about. That's what he thinks is gonna work in that party.
0: And in a way, that's the scariest thing of all. You ought to be ashamed of yourself.
1: I mean, seriously. Don't you have any respect for yourself? The answer would be no. Okay, just so we understand, this is fascism. This is what he's doing because he has to win? (laughs) Dude, this is embarrassing. Like, we're living in the death of shame. You just heard the clip from DeSantis. On record, I don't support this. I've never supported it. I won't support it. But then they speak to book bans. Oh, he's going after the book bans because he doesn't like gay people. He doesn't like trans people. Okay, I'm going to give you a little something about the book ban just because I want an honest conversation. I don't care if you vote for DeSantis. Vote for whatever the hell you want. Vote for Trump, vote for Nikki Haley, vote for Kanye. I don't, whatever you do, I don't care. It's not my job to steer your vote. I'm a talk show host, okay? But let me give you a little something on the book bans, okay? So, Masa Saidi, she's, of course, broadcasting on WFLA down in Florida, okay? And yesterday, Ron DeSantis had an event to make a point, that the Democrats are accusing him of trying to ban gay people and ideology and black people. So what did DeSantis do? They had an event where they read the content that was actually in these children's books. OK, here is Massa Saidi at WFLA reporting on the air that they had to cut away from the broadcast because of how sexually graphic the children's books were.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Here it is, clip 17.
2: Today we saw some things that many people would consider to be jaw-dropping and offensive images that we just cannot show
3: on television. The governor says it doesn't belong in schools either.
7: These books are clearly not just conversation starters about the birds and the bees.
3: The press conference began with a five-minute video showing books with sexually explicit content found in Florida schools, like Flamer and Gender Queer. These books were reported by parents and then ultimately removed. Governor Ron DeSantis and his education commissioners say, with good reason. They say the state isn't banning books,
2: they're removing porn.
5: I just think parents, when they're sending their kids to school, uh, they should not have to worry about this garbage being in the schools. Yep.
1: But they do because Democrats want this stuff in schools.
6: It's people with a dirty mind that think like that.
1: But I'm talking about books available to kindergartners, minors that portray minors in sexual acts. In criminal sexual acts. Okay. If you're underage and we've got two 10 year old kids hooking up, this is disgusting to even say on the radio, I apologize. But you're able to depict that in a school library. Okay. Number one, you're depicting a crime of sorts. Number two, it's a massive crime of morality. It's disgusting. So the idea that parents are reporting books, they're taking them out of libraries. Because little kids should not be reading about sex. And where are we as a country that it's so much more important to hate your political rival than it is to focus on the actual well being of society's children? We're there. I don't know what it says about us, but we're there. Because there are people like Michael Beschloss We go, Oh, DeSantis with his book bands. He's Mussolini. That's what they're telling you. Okay? I I listen, I'm not like a historian. Okay, but I would like to think Mussolini was against pedophilia for all of his faults, and there are too many to list in this show. Okay, but I'd give him credit if he agreed with DeSantis on this one because there's no world where little kids should be reading porn, should be reading about how to conduct gay sex, specifically in this video that DeSantis played. It's instructions on how two boys can have sex. How a younger person can have sex with an older person? How you can have sex if you identify with another gender? Like, this is actually disgusting. It's actually criminal.
0: Harry, that's it. We're suing. We're going to sue.
1: But do you understand the way this works? Is they submit stuff so extreme, it shocks your conscience. And they do that because they know any self-respecting person is going to push back at which point they characterize the pushback as some type of bigotry. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. You don't even need a good eye to see this. This happens every single time. Okay, that's the way this thing works. Well, we're going to let a guy with a penis compete against women. And you go, yeah, I don't know if that's right. Hey, what's wrong with you? What what kind of bigot are you? What kind of transphobe? Ah, great. Now he's going to kill himself. Have you seen the percentages? You're like, whoa, I didn't do any of that. But that's how political discourse works in the modern era. It's all a lemon drop. Okay, it's all a social pressure lemon drop. There's an old scam that a lot of like con men will implement in Times Square. Some of them still do it to this day. They walk around with a broken pair of glasses. It's already broken. And they look for tourists who are looking up at the big buildings and they bump into them and drop their glasses on the ground like, oh, man, holy hell, you got to watch where you're going. You broke my glasses. Come on, man. I can't see you broke my glasses. You better give me some money. And the tourist is like, whoa, I didn't break your glass. I don't even know where you're going. What are you talking about? And the guy will just start yelling, police. He broke my glasses. Police. This dude trying to rob me. Police. And the tourist will be like, all right, here you go, and gives him 20 bucks and runs away. And that's a lemon drop. But that's what the Democrats are doing now with political discourse. They're accusing you of a crime you didn't commit. And then they're screaming at you until you pay them off to go away. Okay. well, Ron DeSantis, to his credit, isn't letting them get away with it. And for that, he should be applauded. And for that,
0: I will continue to speak out as well. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio.
3: I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown,
0: maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: I almost had it.
1: So here's the rest of this Ron DeSantis clip. This is him at the press conference where they were explaining the book ban. It was the book ban is a hoax event. And he's speaking to the video that just to be clear, all of the local television stations were forced to cut away from. Meaning the content in these air quote children's books could not be shown on TV. But you're telling me that should be in a children's library? Not even close! Here it is, clip 16.
5: I didn't have to view what you just viewed, so uh, I'm glad glad I didn't. But I think that um, we need to have truth prevail. And so today we're going to be exposing, we've already exposed with that video, I think, this idea of of a book ban in Florida that somehow they don't want books in the library. That's a hoax. Uh, And that's really a a, a nasty hoax because it's a hoax in service of trying to pollute and sexualize our children. Uh, So we uh, have seen over many weeks. So, first of all, I think that that video, I think some of the news had to cut the feed because it's graphic.
1: So think about that. okay? some news services had to cut the feed. Because it's graphic. Okay, but that's what's going on right now in our society. There is an effort underway to sexualize young children. Why? Because the sexualization comes with a built-in political ideology. Convince them they're trans, convince them they're gay, and then you can spend the rest of the life telling them that Republicans hate them. At which point they grow up to vote Democrat, because the Democrats are going to protect you from those big, bad Republicans if you're a trans person. You know, unless you're a trans person like Caitlyn Jenner, who's the face of the entire movement, who's been completely ostracized from their community altogether because she doesn't vote the way they do.
5: Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right.
0: Live from everywhere, USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, look who it is.
1: Back in action. For a big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jason Chaffetz. Uh, I, am, of course, am Jimmy Fallon, the guy hosting this shindig. There's a lot of things you could say about me. You know, a little chubby. <laughs> you, know, a little, little, you know, a little overweight on TV. I
5: swallowed a lot of aggression, along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs>
1: Pizza. You know, a little nutty, you know, dress weird. I get it. A lot of things you could say about me, but you know what you can't say about me? You can't say I funded covid And the research that caused it in a Wuhan lab.
0: Bingo, man.
1: Bingo. But you know who you can say that about? Dr. Fauci. Bingo. We're going to discuss in this hour some explosive testimony on the Hill yesterday from former CDC Director Rutfield, who basically just admitted, man, you know, they're trying to get to the bottom of these COVID origins. Why is this significant, guys? Okay, it's, it's crazy. First of all, today's the three-year anniversary of the show. We are on the air a lot longer than anyone ever expected us to be, including us. But every second of this show's existence has taken place in the COVID era. We launched on March 9th, 20th to 20th, uh, 2020. Okay, COVID was already closing in. We were five days away from a full-blown societal lockdown, okay, on the day we launched this show. So it's the only world we've ever grown up in as a radio show is COVID. And having that in mind, I realize how much COVID fatigue there is and how most of the country was done with COVID. In all honesty, a lot of people don't like to hear this. Most of the country was done paying attention to COVID, like in terms of how they live their lives by about September of 2020, like done wearing masks, not signing up for vaccine mandates unless they were absolutely being forced. They were just moving on. Most of the country places out in the Midwest, you know, if you're listening on ZFG, Okay, if you're listening on the flag out in Fargo right now, you guys were not living in a world of COVID hysteria in the fall of 2020. Yeah, the big blue states were, heavily populated areas were, but most people had moved on. So I am mindful of a genuine COVID fatigue. But the reason we're trying to get to the bottom of how this started is because there are multiple fronts of accountability That the American people desperately need in order to, number one, understand and prevent the next uh, pandemic. But number two, in order to rebuild the trust in public health initiatives, because the public health guidelines in this country were not science at every single turn. They were political science.
0: You are correct, sir.
1: Every single turn we went from we'll never have a vaccine mandate. What do you have (laughs) to stop it? mandate sh mandate to the next thing you know, you got a mandate. You know, you think about that. Okay, think about the fact that when the vaccine was in the process of being made, they told us it was junk and who the hell was going to take it.
2: Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved
3: and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us.
6: If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? Yo,
0: step into my office. Why? Because you're fired.
1: Okay, you understand the guy in that montage is the highest vote getter in the history of our constitutional republic.
0: Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But he is.
1: The record will show, and I can't prove otherwise, Joe Biden got more votes than anyone in the history of this country. Come on, don't bullshit me. But that's the truth. I'm not technically on paper I'm not BSing you. That's the truth. I don't have proof of otherwise, and I'm a responsible broadcaster. Okay, but understand, he spent the whole campaign bashing the vaccine. Then the minute he won, he was like, yo, y'all got to get that vaccine.
0: That's just how white folks will do
1: you. Think about that. He went from it's junk. Who's going to take it? It's not going to go through the proper protocols. But this is where public health initiatives failed us. They changed with the politics. okay? and when you change with politics and there's no scientific justification to back up your changes, you lose the room. You understand you lose the faith of your followers. Okay, we went from no vaccine at all. I'm not taking that crap to you have to take it. We went from it stops the spread. You'll never get covid if you get a vaccine to. Well, here's the thing. As it turns out, we never said, nobody in the media ever said you wouldn't get COVID if you got the vaccine.
2: It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug-resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of
1: this. So, as it turns out, the people that were emphatically telling us that were doing so with zero data. And when I say zero data, I mean actually no data. Why? Because the head of Pfizer International testified before the European Parliament that they weren't even testing this vaccine to see if it would stop transmission. But do you understand that became the battleground? Get vaccinated or you're going to kill other people, you selfless monster. It's time to start shaming the unvaccinated amongst us.
5: Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't
2: trust the unvaccinated. them,
0: that- f- their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons. Who will not get the shot? Shame
6: on you.
1: And just to be clear, because I know that's a lot of media and dopey media. Here's Rochelle Walensky, the current CDC director, also saying vaccinated people don't get COVID.
2: Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. You're an idiot.
1: Now, understand, I'm not speaking as a Republican, some Fox News right-wing strongman. Look at him getting you worked up. Okay, she's the head of the CDC. Any objective observer just lost all faith in her integrity when she says "and it's, it's the data. It's not just the clinical trials. Yo, Pfizer flat-out admitted they didn't even test it to see if it blocked transmission. It's not a vaccine. It is a therapeutic Therapeutic mean if you get sick, this won't stop you from getting sick, but it could lessen the symptoms. That's what this is. But it was forced on us as a vaccine because a vaccine is worth a hell of a whole lot more money. Oh,
7: wow.
1: Okay, and you understand that's such a big part of what's going on here. Okay, this CDC did not, did not consider natural immunity proper inoculation against the virus, even though every single virus in the history of the world has treated natural immunity as protection against the virus. Why? Because scientifically, it always is. But they wanted, you know, we can't consider that. You got to get the shot anyway. You got to get the shot. Natural immunity. I don't want to hear a word about natural immunity. You got- Money,
0: money, 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 money.
1: And what are they doing now? They're flat out admitting that natural immunity can now be considered protection against the shot, against the virus. They're now flat out admitting it can be just as good, if not better, than the vaccine when it comes to preventing you from getting adverse COVID symptoms. You know what else they admitted in the New York Times, in the granddaddy of all studies? Are you ready for it? They admitted masks don't work. Not even a little. Not even kinda. Masks are a complete waste of time. Something Dr. Fauci flat out admitted at the beginning of the pandemic. People should not be walking around with masks. Whoa! Hey, hold on now. So, do you understand this is where public health initiatives? They were not undermined by conspiracy theorists. They were undermined by the people that were actually pushing the public health initiatives. That is correct. Why? Because every single one of them was wrong. Okay? They tried to, oh, it's the conspiracy theorists, the misinformation. We've got to watch these people. Okay, the people spreading the misinformation are undefeated. Okay? Because they were spreading accurate information. People who said vaccinated people still get COVID, they were telling you the truth. People who said masks don't work, they were telling you the truth. They weren't getting people killed. They were getting people informed. Okay, and you want to know something? People who were banned from polite society for saying natural immunity, people who were banned from questioning the vaccine, people who were banned from questioning the masks, they got kicked out of town quicker than anybody, except the folks that said COVID originated in a lab. Okay, and understand, we now know that to be true as well. Here is clip 22. This is Robert Redfield, Dr. Redfield, talking about his initial disagreements with Fauci, clip 22.
4: In early to mid-January, I did have multiple calls with Fauci, Farrar, and, and Tedros about how important I thought it was that science get engaged in, in aggressive, aggressively pursuing both hypotheses. I also expressed as a clinical virologist that I felt it was um, not scientifically plausible that this virus went from a bat to humans and became one of the most infectious viruses that we have for humans.
1: Hmm. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? What was going on there, if you remember, according to the internal emails, when Fauci was told by his top virologists, hey, this came from a lab, Fauci, in his head, realizing that he was funding this type of research in those labs, was like, oh, And what did he promptly tell them? No, you can't be saying it came from a lab. It came from a bat. And they were like, no, no, you don't understand it. it, I'm telling you, just looking at the genetic sequence, this came from a It came from a bat. Do you want your research money? Yes or no? And do you remember the four scientists who spoke out telling Fauci internally that it came from a lab within a week issued a declaration that it definitely came from a bat? And what do they have to show for it? increased funding to their projects by Dr. Fauci.
3: He should be behind bars!
1: Here's Redfield admitting he was excluded from calls. Clip 23.
3: Why do you think you were excluded
4: from those calls? I, I, because it was, uh, was told to me that uh, they wanted a single narrative and that I obviously had a different point of view. This was a narrative that was decided that they were going to say this came from the wet market and they were going to do everything they could to support it to negate any discussion about the possibility that this came from a lab.
1: One more thing to add. Here is Redfield still tell, saying to this day, based on everything he's seen, this is the other CDC director. You know, the one that's not... Currently employed by Joe Biden. Come on, man. Okay, clip 24.
4: Based on my initial analysis of the data, I came to believe and I still believe today. That it indicates that COVID-19 more likely was the result of an accidental lab leak than a result of a natural spillover event. This conclusion is based primarily on the biology of the virus itself including the rapid high infectivity for human-to-human transmission, which would then predict the rapid evolution of new variants, as well as a number of other important factors, which also include the unusual actions in and around Wuhan in the fall of 2019.
1: So do you understand acknowledging this came from a lab, acknowledging what they all know to be biologically true, allows them to establish future treatment options for other synthetic viruses allows them to protect you and your family against other synthetic viruses by deploying the type of research methods, the type of treatment methods that differ between a naturally occurring virus in an animal and a virus made in the lab. But they wouldn't cop to that in the initial origins of the pandemic. Why? Because they were trying to cover their asses. And as time went on, Okay, they wouldn't invoke natural immunity because natural immunity isn't worth any money to them. And they're always trying to get paid. Please give us money. But you understand the weapon they used to get compliance with all of this was fear. Keep you scared. These conspiracy theorists on the right are going to get you killed. This thing came from a bat. You need to get our vaccine. Your fear was worth the TV channel's ratings, the ones pushing this nonsense, and were worth a ton of money not only to the pharmaceuticals, but to the Fauci's and the researchers of the world, that we're going to lose all the grant cash they had if we actually question their logic on this and the fact that we ourselves were funding the very virus that wound up killing a million Americans. So rather than having an honest discussion about that, rather than having an honest discussion about how to treat future viruses, they just kept you scared with all the fiber in their being, so we didn't even question it.
5: Welcome back to Scared at Five. I'm Don Deathly. Sue Strangler is in for Don Drownham. Take it away, Sue.
2: Is there a 45 foot boa constrictor living inside your household plumbing?
5: And does it have COVID?
2: It's a long story, and we'll unravel it later. But first,
5: do Instagram filters cause cancer?
1: And do the filters have COVID?
5: It's hard to picture, but there's no airbrushing the fact that it's possible.
1: We'll have the photo finish around the corner. But first, can microwave popcorn give you a
0: And does Ebola have COVID? We'll have a kernel of truth in seconds,
5: but first... A public service announcement about the brain-killing parasite that could be in your drinking water. And if it does kill you, could
0: your coffin have
5: COVID? Find out
0: next on Scared at 5, your home for news so good it's terrifying. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon will be right back.
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler, and no one, and I mean no one, has summed up the COVID narrative better than Rand Paul. Here he is on the story with Martha McCallum, a show I will be on tomorrow. I'll be on with Martha uh, this coming Friday. She knows where those ratings, bread or buttered.
0: You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real.
1: Stop it. I love Martha. Like, pound for pound, as good of a conversation as you get to have off the air, like right before you come on TV. She's a blast. Uh, Here is Rand Paul, though, uh, not having a blast with this Fauci character. Clip 28.
5: It was an elaborate cover-up, and it began in January of 2020. The reason Dr. Fauci didn't want any attention drawn to this or to his funding of the lab is that ultimately he would have culpability.
1: Ultimately, there's a responsibility because for years he had advocated for gain-of-function research. So think about that, okay? He was concerned about his own culpability because he was advocating for gain-of-function research. But this is why it's significant. OK, he put his own well-being, his own institutional standing ahead of the whole entire world.
0: garbage like you just makes me sick.
1: And what I mean by that is refusing to acknowledge what we knew to be true, that this came from a lab, that the gene sequence, his own biologist and virologist were pointing out it was consistent with something manufactured in a lab altered the way we treated it, altered the way we reacted to it, altered the way we could potentially approach the treatment and the combating of future pandemics. We were denied, the world was denied for health purposes, the best possible approach because one guy wanted to cover his ass. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. You should be. We'll discuss it with Jason Chaffetz next. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a show celebrating its three-year anniversary today, as you know, and joining us now is a man who's Done everything he could to try to sink it as a guest host from time to time. (laughs) And a frequent guest, we kid, uh, former Utah congressman, current Fox News multimedia superstar, Jason Chaffetz in the house. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Congratulations. Three years. A lot of people lost money. It seemed like eight years, but yeah. (laughs) A lot of people lost money in Vegas uh, on us lasting three, including us. The over-under? We had the under a year and a half. Yeah, exactly. You know, the pandemic kind of carried us. He's like, well, we can't really hire anybody else. So uh, we got that first year under our belt but you're right to say when you joke it for like eight years don't you feel like since covid hit our shores we are living in dog years now yeah in terms of the length of everything
7: no everything it's like covid is its own decade it's like it it's, really is
1: it's so funny because like the actual baptism of this radio show started march 9th 2020 good timing Jimmy. <laughs> it's so funny because it's literally called fox across america And, you know, one of the motivations for this, aside from having a generic name, so if you get rid of me, they can just slap another name on it, which I respect. That's business. I get it. Okay, you're an unproven talent. It doesn't bother me. But the point is also it works because it's across America. We got this comedian. He's going to go across America. (laughs) And we spent the first, like, two years, like, locked in the house. It was amazing. Uh, But, yes, the idea that this show was kind of born into, you know, they say in horse racing, you've got to be a mutter to be a successful horse meaning you got to be able to run on a sloppy track. Yeah. We have never known a dry track in the history of the show. COVID was the launch of the show, which became the George Floyd riots, which became the 2020 election, which pretty contentious to this day in some circles, uh, which spilled into more insanity. We had Afghanistan. We had new COVID variants. We've had everything in between. I don't know that I've ever gotten on the air and been like, "Ah, eh, what a mellow, easy day. Today. Yeah, but that's what a reflection I... of America. Yes. Is and, it
7: and by the way, I did see this interview with Bob Newhart, one uh-huh. of the greatest comedians yes. ever. My book. I loved it. And they asked him, he said, you know, you had the Bob Newhart show, then you had Bob Newhart, then you had another. He's like, well, yeah, I had to have my name in the title because that way they couldn't fire me. <laughs> so you're telling me I should have fought for my name in the title. I Nobody can care. pronounce your last name.
1: <laughs> Fox across it, but Jimmy Falia, Jimmy Faye is here. Jimmy Jimmy. Oh, just Faire. say it fast enough. Jimmy Fallier in the house. Jason Chaffetz is here with him. Uh, listen, man, uh, we were celebrating our three-year accolade, but there are other accolades being given out right now as we speak, including Women of the Year awards to men. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to do with this one. It's so crazy to me. It kind of writes itself, doesn't right, it? It does. Everyone says, oh, it must be a so great time to be a comedian. I'm like, but it's not because the hardest thing to do, okay, is to make fun of things that are already funny. You dig? Right. So it yeah. actually, this is the challenge. I know how to do it because I'm a joke writer. You can work it out. But the jokes, the frustration of living in this era is the jokes have no shelf life, because something stupid is going to happen again in three hours. So you're operating on a patient that's dying at midnight, no matter how good of a surgeon <laughs> you are. <laughs> that's the biggest argument. But did you ever think you'd see a day where the first lady was giving a man an award for being a woman? In the, in the White House!
6: In the White House!
7: I just – there's some things I just look at and I just don't understand. But There wasn't a woman who has been a woman her whole life yeah. to, that they recognized On women's – international women's – and so a lot of these other people had amazing stories. Oh, of course. Totally eclipsed by this story. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, seriously? Like what's the opportunity cost here? We, we, all the things going on in the world, mm-hmm. we got a guy who's in – a U.S. Uh, naval officer who's incarcerated in Japan. We couldn't yeah. be working on that. No, Secretary no. Blinken has to be over there no. Pat <laughs> this Argentine, I, or wherever this person is. But that's the insult is, yeah. that,
1: is that there isn't a woman, like an actual biological woman out there that rose to the occasion of Woman of the Year. Well, we're what that is, the International Women's Day now is Halloween. Well, I'm waiting for
7: the International Man's Day.
2: Mm.
1: And, and wonder, I wonder what dude they're going to pick. That, <laughs> can I nominate you? Uh, yo, I would love to be nominated for International Man's Day because I am the gold standard of what every man should be, like kind of chubby but reasonable. You know what I mean? Well, it's not not what you so could fat be, but that I'm dragging is, down your yes. vacation, you know. But fat enough that you're not going to feel self-conscious around me, you know. A, a minimal amount of talent enough to get by. Like I'm making a contribution to society, but not the kind that's like demoralizing the people around <laughs> me. Like my like for real, the weapons-grade mediocrity I possess—it's so relatable and potent. I, I actually I want the award. I think you. I a, want the award. How you'd be that? a strong no, dominate. You'd be a strong <laughs> nomination. The only problem is I don't have a. Body biological women's setup, so they're probably not gonna give me man of the year. <laughs> I don't have fallopian tubes, so I probably ain't eligible in the eyes of the White House. Not not in the Biden administration, brother. <laughs> That's crazy. Jason Chaffetz is in the house. He's holding it together. He's holding me together because I'm a wreck, right. I'm a big wreck. I'm a bag of cats right now over this one. And uh, what I think it comes back to, this is what I think is going on. I think we're dealing in like a manufactured civil rights movement. You know, we had women's rights. Now we have I'm pretending to be a women's rights. Okay, And I think the reason they utilize this and because none of us, none of us have ever said they don't have the right to feel included or safe or welcome in our society. We've just said this seems to be happening at the expense of women. But they're able to characterize that is some type of bigotry, is some type of transphobia and I think it allows them to leverage it politically as hey vote for us and don't be like those transphobes. It's kind of like what they do with the race card. Do you see that on any level? No, I see that on lots of levels, okay, you okay. Know, I the, the um Rob O'Neill, you mm-hmm. know, the guy yeah, yeah. who took
7: out Osama Shopping bin Laden. Laden. Yeah, yeah, you know, Navy mm-hmm. SEAL, pretty accomplished uh, yeah, guy, who's yeah, yeah. done a lot of good in this world. And he made the point and it's always stuck with me. He said, you know, the Chinese, the Russians, others, they're trying to figure out how to kill and destroy America. Yeah. We're trying to figure out which bathroom everybody goes in. <laughs> it's so That's cute. what our military is spending time. Was it, and I'm going to get the number wrong, but it was something like two million hours worth of training for the sensitivity instead yeah. of
1: working on maybe push-ups. Imagine, imagine we're going to battle with tanks that have hate has no home here stickers <laughs> on the back of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're we're drone striking a wedding with a with a sticker that says coexist on the drone. <laughs> like what? What is can happening? We, can we just all get along? No, oh, yes. it's crazy, Jason Chaffetz. But he's right. Like in that, we're fighting the wrong battles. Yeah. But they're politically viable battles for the left because they get to stifle I'd us. I never thought
7: we'd even entertain for more than a few hours this idea that a man could compete in women's sports and just dominate, like, swimming? It's cr-
1: <laughs> like, seriously? And, and this is where it's a scam. Okay, one, it's a scam because I was telling Hannity this last night. I'm like, I'd actually be in favor of it if I could bet on it in Vegas. Yeah. You know how much money I, I would make that. off Leah Thomas? I saw that. I'd be printing money right now. But, yeah, like, how do we not acknowledge that's a scam? But now we're being told there's something wrong with us for acknowledging that that's a scam. But my pushback on that is that you don't have one story, not one, of a biological woman right. entering men's sports and breaking all the records. Why? Because it's not happening. And that's the frustration. No, it, it's I scam. just
7: feel for these young women who mm-hmm. are like, they're, they're doing, they're competing, they're having all these experiences, and then all of a sudden some dude shows up and puts on a leotard and says, hey, yeah. let's scoot over. Yeah, how about that? You know? Well, I heard somebody talking about, hey, let's put LeBron James in the WNBA. <laughs> you want <know, laughs> to have actually somebody show up and watch the game?
1: <laughs> and they would win. Yeah, scoring 150 a game. Well, listen, in the, in the woke reboot of Rocky, Mr. T changes his name to Mrs. T and fights Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> and ain't nobody betting Adrian,
3: Adrian? <laughs> yeah nobody we wouldn't fight
1: Rocky he'd be he'd be mrs. T now and now you got to fight mrs. T good luck you know what I'm saying Rocky had a hard enough time on his own I don't even he think lost to used,
7: him I don't think they would use the misses I don't think they
1: would Mi- Mr. T. they you go to ZRT? Zero T. <laughs> you don't even know. Jason Chaffetz. Well listen, I want to talk strategy for a second. Uh, my you know, when I when I talk politics, a guy with a sports background, I'm just doing sports talk radio. Like I like to talk like who's winning, who's losing, why right. I think they're executing well. I think DeSantis is running a good play in Florida in that he had this event yesterday where they aired the content in some of these children's books he's being accused of banning. And the content was so graphic, the TV stations couldn't show it. So if a news station that will show you fatal bank robberies and battlefield footage, okay, actual war footage— Can't show you what's in these children's books. Has he not made his point successfully?
7: Oh, he he will continue to drive this home because he's absolutely right. If you read these aloud, Mm -hmm. they're not going to allow them in the school board meetings. They're certainly not going to put them on television. And you're going to want to have the kids – And anybody with any sort of decency walk out, but this is the craziness that's happening. I love that Ron DeSantis has the guts to actually do this as the governor.
1: Yeah, he's not being shamed out of doing it because what they do is they label this again as some type of bigotry or you know, BS or Mussolini is that crazy historian Michael Beschloss on MSNBC said he's a mini Mussolini. You know, well, listen, I, I gotta be honest with you, Mussolini does. Pretty much all of his existence wrong. But if Mussolini was on the side of banning porn in kindergarten, I gotta go. I gotta circle gets a square. If this is Hollywood Squares, I missed that show. Fascist Squares, let's go to Mussolini for the block. <laughs> I'm a Mussolini. I never thought I'd say that, but here I am. Okay. It's so stupid. But that's where I honestly, the fact that he can articulate that pushback. Without being baited into like calling one of the reporters fat and making it a side right. skirmish, his his discipline, like the command of his pitches, I think gives him a long-term advantage over Trump. Now, this can go in a million ways because Trump is also capable of throwing a devastating knockout punch like at the first presidential debate of 2016 – When Megyn Kelly famously said, you've called women pigs and dogs and slobs. And he said, only Rosie O'Donnell. And that brought down the House. And he won the debate based on a Rosie O'Donnell joke. So I have no idea where it's going to go. But I do think it's a big advantage for DeSantis long term over even a Democrat. Knowing that so many of these arguments descend into character assassinations as, a, as opposed to substantive debates, do you think he has the ability to stay substantive? Because if he does, I think people are on his side. I, I, I think he's
7: taking on these issues that people care about and they get that mm-hmm. they're like, okay, you don't have to explain this to me, but I'm glad you're highlighting it. And mm-hmm. he avoids taking debate and making it personal and devolving into yeah. some name-calling. Like, look at what's going on with uh, Novak Djokovic. Djokovic. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, You know, so here's Ron DeSantis saying, wait a sec, we have the biggest tennis tournament in the world happening in Miami. Yeah. You've got a guy who won't take the vaccine, but he's that, one of the healthiest people on the planet. <laughs> By the way, in
1: Miami. Yes. Do you know how many viruses are floating around South Beach on a Friday <laughs> night? <laughs> like come on man
7: You really need <laughs> another prophylactic measure in Miami <laughs> you know you I mean, give anybody an excuse to word, you use the word prophylactic and <laughs> I'm gonna grab it so
1: listen defense wins championships but if you're hanging out in Miami tonight COVID ain't what you're washing out for I'm just telling you because I care We're talking to Jason Chaffetz. You bring up the vaccine. I saw the Redfield testimony. I know. (laughs) That went downhill.
7: I thought I had a good example. That went
1: downhill fast. (laughs) Stick with me because we are talking about COVID and the origins. (laughs) And we saw Redfield yesterday. And I saw Rand Paul with Martha yesterday. Basically, you know. Fauci was engaged in an exercise in like, you know, um, ass covering for all intents and purposes. Yeah, that's a good because they didn't want any culpability in the origins of this virus. But in theory by trying to cover up the lab leak idea and it seems as if he might have even um, distilled a couple of bucks and motivated people to write papers saying it didn't happen yeah. in a lab which nine is million. pretty did. with a little 9 million to write a term paper here or there yeah. don't get me wrong i've paid people to write term papers listen to my vocabulary <laughs> but the point is that seems pretty steep okay but stick with me on some level he almost denies us the ability to combat a future pandemic and even this one yeah. Because we weren't fighting what we knew to be the real type of virus, meaning there's a difference between a synthetic virus and a natural virus. So did he not, on a small scale, Jason Chaffetz, uh, deny the world? Mankind, people kind, if Justin Trudeau is listening, yes, a fair fight against the virus. Well, this is the, the concern. You know, yeah. We as a nation,
7: we're different because we are self-critical, and mm-hmm. that's how you figure things out so you don't make the same mistake. This killed hundreds of thousands of people. It took our vulnerable parts of our population, our elderly, seniors, and we went through all this hell. And then guess what? The Democrats, I think it was malpractice, for uh-huh. two years didn't even ask a question. Nothing. Not a hearing. On the origins of COVID. And so now you start to peel that back and, oh, my goodness. Oh, hey. Look at these documents. (laughs) Look at the evidence. Follow the
1: science. (laughs) It's so true. And it's like it was understood. Like this is where, like, you know, politics have denied us common cause. We've gotten to such a hyper-partisan place that, you know, COVID – we recognize affects you whether you're Republican or Democrat. It doesn't know who you voted for. Like it's an advanced virus. They made it, but they didn't make it that advanced. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't know you voted for So it was common cause in the sense that we should have just dealt with it as a people and moved on. But there were so many pretend battle lines drawn because it was an election year. One of the the most absurd ones was saying it was the Wuhan coronavirus. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I have a montage I play on the show. It's two minutes long of every media outlet. Let me give you 10 seconds of this. Just give me 10 seconds of this. This is I I won't play the whole thing, but just listen to this. This is... uh,
2: The Wuhan coronavirus has now surpassed the 2003
1: SARS
7: outbreak and the number of lives it's claimed.
1: They're under quarantine out of concern that passengers
4: and crew were exposed to the Wuhan coronavirus.
2: And this breaking news just into CNN. The official death toll... From the Wuhan coronavirus in China.
1: Oh, no, this, this, Justin to CNN. CNN is the worst. Maybe so, but stick with me. <laughs> <laughs> but stick with me, okay? They drew an imaginary battle line and said, "Oh, this, it's racist to call it the Wuhan coronavirus." Yeah, you got to stop doing that. It's xenophobic. But yeah. they were doing it. Yeah, and then we just pretended they didn't. That stuff drives me crazy.
7: No, would they co-opt the language like this yeah. and try to spin it, and then create battle lines in your right and yeah. divide America,
1: but it divides it divides us and it denies us a fair fight. And it's
7: the ironic thing is they were actually right
1: back then. Yeah, of course and they. Then were. Then they
7: got away from it. Say wait, 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 They're wait, walk wait, away from wait, it. Do that. And yeah. the
1: best part, really quick, is like I know why they were doing it. They were, it was politically motivated. Okay, they didn't believe it, but I that it was leading to hate crimes. But they were trying to link it to a spike in hate crimes here in New York City that were being um, committed by homeless people on the subway. The guy who lives in the Penn Station's men's room is not watching White House COVID briefings. He's just – he's not. OK? He doesn't – they don't have – I don't get cell phone reception, let alone cable in Penn Station. But that's what they tried to run this. Oh, we did have two extra people get mugged this week because he said Wuhan. And that's where politics has really corrupted, I think, common cause. So I'm not running for any office to save the world from this because there's a background check Yo, but that I
7: can't No, what are you talking about? you got a pending.
1: <laughs> You're running my, International Man's Day. Man you of the Year. Get your campaign together. I'll help you. Man of the Year Jimmy Fallon has to go to break now. I'm going to keep polishing my credentials while some woman is going to beat me out of it. There's a girl that's going to beat me. But I'm going to make it a hell of a fight, Jason Chaffetz, You have inspired me, so I thank you. We're back after this.
0: You're riding around with America's cabbie.
6: Taxi! Taxi!
0: You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America.
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. In New York this weekend, I'll be on TV, I'll be on Dan Bongino's show Saturday night here on the Fox News Channel. I'll be on Fox and Friends Saturday morning. Uh, tonight I'm scheduled to be on the Sean Hannity Show. What am I on tomorrow? I don't know if it's, oh, Martha McCallum! I'm on with Martha McCallum. And of course I am on the bottom line with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy. And Dagan is always thrilled to have me on.
2: That is balderdash and hogwash and hmm
1: But I will be leaving New York. I'll be going back on the road in April. Uh, we are at the Tower Theater. Sold a lot of tickets, man. Thank you. That's amazing. It's not quite sold out yet, but if you want to go see me at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon, it is Friday night, April the 7th. And then Saturday night, April the 8th, I will be at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. Another packed house, April 8th. Still a couple tickets left. You want to see me at the Egyptian? And then we'll be on the East Coast at Bananas Comedy Club, Friday night, April the 21st. Saturday night, April the 22nd. After that, I begin the Laughs in Liberty Tour with Kennedy who's going to be joining us in studio to tell you all about it in the next hour. It's going to be a wild one. So get your game face on and be back after this on Fox Across America.
0: Live from everywhere, USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we are back in action for a big
1: hour. It is the third anniversary Of Fox Across America with Jimmy Bala. We're going to be celebrating in this hour with the very first guest in the history of the show. On the day we launched the show, uh, at the time, I was just dismounting from my position as the head writer for a Fox business show called Kennedy. And Kennedy, the host of that show, is going to stop by to talk about the tax and spend plans in Washington that are going to cost you and me a lot of money.
2: Thanks, big government weenuses.
1: 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this thing. It's an all-inclusive. You can do whatever you want. You can be serious. You could be silly. You could be Republican. You could be Democrat. Nobody, we don't, doesn't matter. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, I do not. Intelligence, not a requirement to be a guest on this show, nor is it a requirement, apparently, to be the host of this show. (laughs) But here we are. And even someone of my limited intellectual means can tell you there is a man in the Oval Office that does not understand the way the economy works. Tell him like it is. Let me read you this. OK, it's, it's, what a wild one. I'm in such a good mood. I'm delirious. I was on Hannity last night. We had a great time. I went home, slept three hours, came back in to do Fox and Friends first, a few hours later, five in the morning, four in the morning, whatever that was. had a great time. But the point is, I haven't really slept, and I'm delirious, and this is all I've known in my adult life is I would do, you know, drive a cab 12 hours a day, do stand-up at night, go home, sleep three or four hours, do it again. OK, rinse, wash, repeat. <laughs> in some instances, no rinse, no wash. Just repeat. <laughs> but the point is, stick with me, okay? I love these days because it's very instinctive. You're so tired, you don't even have the energy in your brain to think things over. You just kind of go with your gut. And your gut's usually as accurate as your brain is, to be clear. But uh, I'm in a phenomenal mood. But when I read what I'm about to share with you, I, this is the closest I've ever come to cursing on the air is reading this report as we were just coming back from break right now. It's probably the closest we've ever come to cursing on the air on this show. Okay, so Joe Biden, as part of the budget proposal he wants to submit, has a plan in place that would tax people on money they haven't made yet. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Just so you understand. (laughs) You know they're going with the whole, we gotta tax the rich, eat the rich. Let me give you a news flash really quick. Whenever Biden talks to you about like tax ratios and the rich don't pay the fair share and this and that, the upper one percent of income earners in this country, the one percent of income earners in this country, one percent of the population pays forty two percent of the taxes. One percent pays forty-two percent. Okay, does that sound like an equitable distribution? The answer would be no. No, the truth is. The vast majority, okay, of people in this country don't pay taxes because we've taken a lot of able-bodied Americans and put them onto Medicare rolls, and they're now having their lifestyles subsidized despite the fact that they're perfectly capable of going to work.
5: That's not right.
1: There are people who are benefiting from our social safety net who need to, and that's why we have it. But it's not sustainable if we keep adding to the rolls through illegal immigration through enhanced unemployment benefits for young people who just don't want to get away from Netflix for eight hours a day, it becomes unsustainable. And one of the reasons we keep talking about all these alternative means of taxing people is not because we need more tax revenue. It's because we need to stop spending money. Do you understand?
0: He knows what he's talking about. We
1: don't have a tax problem. We have a spending problem okay but when you can't control spending because your whole ethos is identity politics well if you're cutting money to these people you must hate them you must want them to die you're racist it can't oh, we can't cut the money and that's why you can't cut government spending number 1 it's popular both parties always vote for more spending. Republicans campaign on, ah, we gotta get the spending under control. Republicans don't care. When Republicans have the power of the purse, what do they do? They spend money. Always, always, always. So this is not unique to one political party. But the problem is, whatever party is out of power loves to scream and yell at the other party about their runaway spending until they themselves are in power. At which point they're like, oh, wait, what? We have the power of the purse? Oh, hey girl. Well, we're
3: moving on.
1: And that's exactly what they do every damn time. But stick with me, because the Democrats are spending at a level we've never before seen. You can tell me Trump spent a lot of money. 80% of the debt Trump added was due to COVID. Okay, 80% of that money was emergency COVID initiatives. Was all of it necessary? The answer would be no. Probably not. But could you imagine a world where Trump wasn't overfunding COVID initiatives? They would have been like, he wants people to die. He's killing our children. So you understand, yeah, they could have been a little more fiscally responsible with a lot of that COVID relief money because we've seen billions and billions of dollars worth of fraud. But the fact remains, okay, the Democrats are trying to spend money on pie-in-the-sky garbage now, climate initiatives that can't pass on their own because nobody cares what the weather's going to do in 50 years. But they passed an Inflation Reduction Act, an Inflation Reduction Act that doesn't reduce inflation but is, in fact, billed as the biggest climate change bill in the history of our country. What a fraud. Oh, it's a huge fraud, Laura Ingram. Huge fraud. And you understand they're running around now bragging about it. Well, the Inflation Reduction Act is going to fight climate change. Yo, if people cared about climate change, and nobody does, except the people that are white, and making a lot of money flying around the world lecturing people about climate change.
0: Money, 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 money.
1: Outside of those people, nobody cares. That's why they had to pass it under a different name. If inflation is, you know, um, inflation reduction act addresses inflation, which the Congressional Budget Office says it does not, then what's the purpose of passing an inflation reduction act? Oh, as it turns out, the need to reduce inflation, it being at a 40-year high, is pretty popular. Ergo, if you pass a bill called the Inflation Reduction Act, it allows you to shoehorn other things into the bill. You're absolutely right. Which is exactly what Biden did with his American Rescue Plan. Every self-respecting economist in the world, including the San Francisco Fed, says that Joe Biden's American Rescue Plan, which was a COVID bill that spent 6% of its money— On actual COVID. That is financial lunacy. But they consider this the root cause of all the inflation in our country. They flooded the market with more money. And the textbook definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. The ratios of supply and demand were so far off. It sent the cost of everything through the roof. Biden sucks. But you understand they spent money we didn't need to spend. Now they want to spend more money we don't need to spend. Free college. Free daycare. Free Willie. <laughs> you know, anything. Free. Okay. And they need a way to pay for it because we don't have one. So in Biden's ba- balanced budget amendment, okay, he's including six uh, a series of tax hikes on billionaires, investors, and those making over $400,000 a year. And because he says the rich need to pay their fair share of taxes, okay, he wants a 25% minimum tax on billionaires. he doubled double the capital gains tax rate from 20% to 39.6%. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And why is that stupid? Because if you are tax, if you're doubling the tax rate for that type of revenue— You're going to discourage people from making those investments. I agree with that. Those investments create jobs. Those jobs pay money. Those dollars go to businesses, stores and restaurants and manufacturers. You know, comedy clubs, pizza places, strip clubs.
3: Hubba hubba.
1: You name it. The money goes places. But in this instance okay, while he's trying to increase the Medicare payroll tax on people making $400,000 a year, okay, what he's ultimately doing is finding a creative way that would allow him to spend more money. And he's trying to make rich people, he's trying to make investors bear the burden of spending that money. One of the initiatives to do so would be to tax people on capital gains before they've actually sold a stock. So let me explain this to you. Just I'm going to really oversimplify this. I'm not misrepresenting this. I just you can get into this with financial minutiae uh, at the expense of people falling asleep and driving off the road. But the basic way you break this down is this. OK. When it comes to unrealized gains. Say you own a stock and it makes a, it goes up $100,000 in value. OK. So on paper on paper. You've made $100,000. But if you haven't sold the stock and cashed it out, have you realized that profit? The answer would be no. And why is the answer no? Because as long as that stock is still in your possession, the market can fall and you can lose your money. You understand. So in no world is it fair... To tax someone on an unrealized gain, yeah, it's worth more money, but you didn't make the money yet. So let's say, OK, stock goes up a 100,000 dollars. That's the round number I'm giving you. And you know I have to pay a 40 percent tax, because the stock is up a 100,000 dollars. OK? So congratulations, you just lost 40,000 to the government. You have to pay it out of your pocket. Okay, but understand if that stock price that you're now getting taxed on falls, is the government giving you back the revenue? This is what's called a scam. It's an out and out scam. Okay, but these are the kinds of plays, tricks, sleight of hand deals you've got to make in order to afford the runaway spending. Like we're in junkie territory as a country right now. You know when you're a junkie, you're desperate for money, you got to make up stories? I mean, I've been there as a gambler, so believe me, I do not begrudge addiction. Okay, I've never gone to, like, treatment for, for gambling. I, I, in, for all intents and purposes, really, I, I met a great woman and wanted to raise a family and started to gamble in other ways. Like, I'll drive a taxi in the middle of the night. It's gambling. I'll eat a chicken kebab in Times Square. It's gambling. Okay, I find other creative ways to gamble, okay, that don't involve a casino. But the point is, I know what it's like to have your whole body consumed by some type of a bad impulse. So I've been there. I get it. I recognize the behavior. And I see it being exhibited from our government because their worldview now is everybody should be reliant on the government for everything. And they've become addicted to buying votes through this. They are abandoning the fundamental principles of decency. Along the way, they're abandoning the fundamental principles of economics. Okay, because the truth is we cannot live in an America where the service to our debt is the biggest percentage of our monthly bills. OK, spending more on debt than we do on defense. You know what I'm saying? That's where we are now as a country. We're in junkie territory where the credit card interest isn't even knocking down the debt anymore. That's the kind of debt we're in because of the runaway spending. But they got addicted to buying votes. Hey, we'll give them free health care. Hey, we'll give the migrant stimulus checks. Hey, we'll give them enhanced unemployment benefits. The midterms are coming. Hey, we're going to give them free college. But you understand none of it's free. Somebody gets paid back for all of this and the bill falls on the taxpayer But these guys don't have any other way to win your vote. The Democrats win votes two ways. One is by calling the opponent racist, transphobic, homophobic. The other is by giving voters money. And in this instance, we've gotten to such junky territory, they're now talking about taxing you on money you haven't even made yet. You know, that is the financial equivalent of your woman getting mad at you for something you did in a dream. You know, we all had that moment. I'm not talking to you this morning. I had a dream you ran off with a Swedish bikini team. I'm like, holy hell, me too.
0: <laughs> and then she's like, I'll break you in half like a little toothpick.
1: But the point is, okay, that's where we are now. We are now at a place of tax and spend where you cannot structurally defend it or justify it. We're only working off imaginary scenario now. You didn't make the money yet, but I got a good feeling you're going to, so pay up. Folks, I'm telling you this because I care. I am not an economics major. I really shouldn't be advising anybody on how to spend their money, considering the clothes I wear on TV. My gosh. But when you're taxing people on money they haven't yet made, you are dealing with absolutely positively nothing more, nothing less
0: than a scam.
4: He's a lousy dad, but he's right.
0: The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle.
4: He's the other side's worst nightmare.
0: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Get ready to talk to Kennedy in the next break. She is the host of Kennedy on the Fox Business Network. the woman who hired me here at Fox. I was, you know, appearing on her show as a comedian and she was like, hey, how would you like to come down and write my show? And she did. She hired me to write her show. What an idiot. Whatever. It's turned into a fun ride here at Fox and uh, she is joining us next to announce uh, more upcoming dates on the Laughs and Liberty Tour. people are excited to hang out with me and kennedy like the tickets have been wow like i'm very humbled by this and uh i just hope you guys know that we're as excited to see you as you are to see us like we love hanging out um may 6th we're going to be in Reading, pennsylvania if you're listening on pht if you're in that area i mean if you're listening on wjs in pittsburgh or connect fm i know it's a little bit of a road trip but if you want to hang out uh, we are in Reading, Pennsylvania, at the Santander Performing Arts Center, May the 6th. Uh, we're going to be in Clearwater, Florida. Hey, girl. May the 20th. That's the Laughs and Liberty Tour at the Billheimer Capital Theater. Then we're going to be in Davenport, Iowa, June the 3rd, at the Adler Theater. Then we're going to be at the Mesa Arts Center, June the 10th. That is in Mesa, Arizona. Then the Lexington Opera House, June the 24th, 2023. And dig this, the Holland Civic Center in Holland, Michigan, June the 8th. But right now, the comedy brought to you by Kamala Harris. Here she is talking about the climate's mental health. Clip one.
3: I mean, one of the young leaders was talking to me about climate mental health. I said, tell me what's going on with your peers. Climate mental health. And she talked. I said, I think I understand that, but unpack it for me. And she talked about how her peers are thinking about it. One example is, you know, whether when they're ready, could they start a family? Worried about what that would mean and the stress of it. They were talking about it in terms of their peers trying to figure out, you know, they're going to have to get a job and they're going to have to make a living. But what can they do and how can they adapt the education that they're having now to their activism? (laughs)
5: What would you do with the brain if you had
3: one?
1: How can they adapt the education that they're having now to their activism? Are you ready for it? By just shutting up. <laughs> just Shut up. Yeah, I mean, what do we do? They're crazy. Shut up. <laughs> it, would, it would be addition by subtraction. If you're out there right now and you're not sure whether or not you should have kids because of the impact it's going to have on the climate, don't have kids. I'm telling you because I care. We have enough stupid people breeding Without you adding more anxiety into the equation because of your stupid misplaced climate hysteria, that's all a grift from people that are just trying to get paid.
2: Please
5: give us money.
1: <laughs> it's all they're doing. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a show that went on the air. Three years ago on this very day and joining us now on the show, not only is she the first guest in the history of this show, but every time she's on, she has a good chance of being the last guest, uh, host of Kennedy on the Fox Business Network. The K-Train returns to the airwaves. Hey, girl. Uh, we have left the station,
2: Jim, and here we are. Well, big news. Big huge, day.
1: Huge news. Reading, Pennsylvania, the first destination on the Laughs and Liberty Tour, and the crowd goes wild. It has been... Uh, I've been overwhelmed by the response. In places like Mace, Arizona and Clearwear, Florida, like, we've sold a lot of tickets. Like, even in Reddick and stuff, it's kind of cool. But I don't know. I wanted you and me to give them some background. I don't know that they know what they're getting into. Like, I think they think they're showing up to a comedy show, but I think it's bigger than that.
2: It's it's bigger than that because, you know, I've been telling people very humbly, it is uh, the best night of their lives. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing people cavorting I've encouraged people to buy us drinks, uh, which I think is a very kind thing for me to ask. Um, and you know, it's 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 a big deal to imbibe with us, hear our stories, hear our tales. And, uh, you know, really give into the process, Jim, which is a humble ask again.
1: (laughs) It is though. It's a religious revival because we're going to hang out on stage and we're just going to get drunk with these people, you know, tell some jokes, Mm -hmm. tell some stories, answer their questions. I'm excited. I'm fired up to go. And, uh, you,
2: so, so you and I, you and I will both have a nice chunk of time to, uh, regale the audience with, you know, tales of our misfortune Uh and then, uh, then we are going to have a Q and A where people can ask us whatever they want, and we've got a full half hour plus. Also, which you know, it just it speaks to our generosity. We're having a VIP meet and greet in every city we go to.
1: <laughs> well, you can pay extra to meet us backstage because that's that's how that's well we treat right, people. Jim. <laughs> you talk <laughs> about you talk about giving back to the community, which we will. We'll be giving back to local steakhouses and strip clubs. Uh, after we're done with this expensive VIP meet and greet. I kid. Kennedy's on the phone. And uh, are you laundering?
2: S- we're laundering local money is
1: what we're doing. So we're doing re and re- wealth redistribution. The liberals listening should like that. It should be popular with both sides of the aisle. Um, and you are you are sticking with your closer as described where you club the baby seal.
2: It's a lot more fun than people think. It's better than it sounds, and the seal's asking for it.
1: Nobody knows this seal. Like, it's a totally yes, right? Their take would be different if they ever shared a U-Haul with this seal on the way to the gig. Would they not?
2: They, They wouldn't make it. Past the uh,
1: the exit to the interstate, <laughs> let alone to the club itself. <laughs> we're talking to Kennedy. Yeah, you wouldn't even what you, one exit on Route seventy eight. By the time we got to Reading, you'd be like, you know what? Pull over in Allentown and beat this thing up. Most most nights it doesn't even make it to the show. We beat it up before we even hit the theater. Oh, that's funny. Uh, we're talking to Kennedy. The laughs and Liberty tour gets underway May the sixth. We're in Reading, Pennsylvania. Then we're going to Clearwater, Florida. Then we're going to Davenport, Iowa. Then we're going to Mesa, Arizona. Then we're going to Lexington, Kentucky. I feel like I'm giving the Howard Dean speech, by the way. Remember what he's like, then we're, gonna go, <laughs> then we're going to go. Then we will go to Holland, Michigan. <laughs> and there might just be a stop off in Los Angeles for the 4th of July. Um
2: well, you know what we—someone's got to broil those ribeyes.
1: You know what I'm saying? Nobody throws a better July 4th. Honestly, nobody in the well, country. And, and
2: that's also, but but Jim, this is this is also like, it's it's not only um, the best night of your life. It's also a chance to develop a little healthy competition within the cities that we're visiting because we have taken it upon ourselves to try and rate the best steak in your city. Yes. So wherever that is. Uh, make a case to us. We will go there after the show. Get out of there, you little you fat bowling ball! Sorry, my dog was eating my daughter's bagel. Um,
1: Let me. Which is it's,
2: <laughs> I mean, he had his face in that thing. That must have been like Sean Penn and Madonna's wedding night. <laughs>
1: There it is. We're talking to Kennedy. And yes, so if there is a local entree, because if we wind up in a market that's devoid of a, of a steakhouse that they deem adequate, we are, we, we, the plan is to eat steak because we're on a big protein diet for the telly. Uh, but we will be soliciting from the crowd a recommendation of where we're supposed to eat after the show. And then we will be reviewing it and we will be posting it and we will be interacting yeah, with it. That's fine. We,
2: we go to Virginia and you're like Smithfield Ham. I I will get hamtastic. Oh yeah! I have no shame.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We will go ham, as they say in the rap game. We will go ham, is what we will do. Um, No, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a each individual city is competing for our vote, and we will crown one city, one venue, one night will win the the coveted laughs and Liberty tour. I believe. I guess we're calling it the Gold Cup. I don't even know what we're calling it yet. We need a name. We need a title for this.
2: Yeah, it's the.
1: But 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 not uh, it's, every- it's, yeah.
2: It's it's the, the I guess it's the freedom chalice is what it is. The
1: freedom chalice. That's actually really funny. That's what it is. So it's like a, it's like the Stanley Cup of touring. Is that fair? Everyone could yeah. pass it around. A horse could drink from it. Can dent it.
2: Yeah, And there's it's not it's not just the, the state. It's how cool are the people in your town? How much fun did we have? Yeah. How hard was it leaving your city? Uh, you know, hospitality, kindness, high fives, the whole thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know the kids today—they like a good high five. I mean, it's worth pointing out. Um, hey,
2: Dusty Baker invented it. I'm just carrying on the tradition.
1: <laughs> I'm excited, though. I'm really—I'm excited to get on the road. Where I was—I was this weekend. I was in um, Seattle, uh, Federal Way. It was—I mean—it was rat I mean, as hell. Uh, and luckily, I didn't get caught in a drive-by shooting with Sean Kemp. Uh, but we had a good time in Seattle. But
2: you might be one of the.
1: Oddly enough, Marianne Feller bought a lot of courtside seats back in the day. I don't know why. He was chasing supersonics fans. Chasing the loose balls, as they say in NBA terms. <laughs> but uh <laughs> You would be
2: the human incarnation of a loose ball foul.
1: <laughs> Jimmy Phaela, offspring of Sean Kemp, is hosting the show. Uh but I was in i was in Seattle. Give me this, man. So I went up. I always do, like, a weird local tourism thing where I don't go to, like, the cannon in the park or, you know— The movie was filmed here, you know, so much as I'll find like a deep cultural dive. So while I was there, I didn't even tell you this. I went to a great sandwich place that Emily Campagna recommended called Paseo, which was like a Cuban sandwich place, not far from where the football and the baseball stadium were. It was the best sandwich I've ever eaten in my life. But after that, I took a deep dive, a Soundgarden tour, and I took a Nirvana Nirvana tour, and I made it up to Lake Washington where Kurt Cobain's house was, and there's a little park next door.
2: My house on Lake Washington was – not it was about a quarter mile from that
1: house. Stop it! By, like, the Arboretum and all that? hmm yep. This is how little we've talked in the last week. Like, I feel like we should have had this conversation. People don't know this, but every day here at Fox News...
2: Well, once we get on the air, Jim, we can have the conversation on the air,
1: too. That's a nice thing about being on the air. But every day at Fox <laughs> News, when Kennedy is trying to write a monologue for her show, I'll just come and sit down in her office and just corrupt the process. Like, what you are working on? Like, that sort of thing. Um, it's like a Kramer... Uh, but I, I don't use the N-word as much as Kramer does in his guest drop-ins, uh, thankfully. But let's talk about this. I didn't know you were right there. I, I, I never knew that. Um, what, a, what an amazing, nice area. And that the point I wanted to make is that for all the shade people cast on Seattle, I got to tell you, it had a real lot of nice moments out there. Yeah,
2: it's, it's a beautiful, uh, aside from the raging liberals and the mm-hmm. authoritarian buffoons who have taken over the city – It's absolutely beautiful. Like it is the view of Mount Rainier, Mm -hmm. Lake Washington. Like there's so many incredible lakes and natural elements in that part of the world. Like and the Snoqualmie Pass. Like the mountains are stunning.
1: Yeah. It's true. Once once you get past the burnt down police station in the pretend country, I actually thought it had a lot to offer. It was actually really nice. It was really, really nice. And I didn't know this, uh, Mrs. MTV historian, but I didn't realize Kurt only lived in that house for like three months. Like he bought that at the very end of his life because I guess he had fled from L.A. or what have you and was getting ready to break up the no, band. No, they,
2: they, they what... had it for a while, okay. but he did. He did leave. um the Daniel, what was the name of the facility, in Marina del Rey. Yeah, yes. He left in his little jammies and uh, went back home, and it, it obviously yeah, didn't end well.
1: No, no. It's heavy, heavy-duty stuff. And uh, I didn't realize, because when I do these deep dives, I kind of go back and recalibrate my brain a little bit around the story. And uh, obviously I saw the home. It's, you know, really crazy, and it's a harrowing thing to be around, and there's a nice memorial next door in that park. But I didn't— Daniel Freeman. Yeah, Oh, Daniel, yes, the Daniel Freeman Center. And I did read that, Marina Del Rey. But I also didn't realize that the live album that you are heard heckling on— Uh, At the taping of the Nevada MTV Unplugged was a posthumous release. At the time, I was like a high school kid, so I wasn't really paying attention. I had bought it in like a 10 CD for a penny type deal within a year or two of its release. Mm -hmm. But that was technically came out after he died. Yes,
2: because they recorded that in uh, November of 93, Mm. and then uh, he died in April of 94.
1: And just to be clear. Um, because they were, in fact, releasing the In Utero album, an album they would go on tour in support of. I do believe it was at the very taping uh, of that historic MTV Unplugged that uh, a MTV VJ, uh, when I believe was asked if there were any requests, yelled out the name of a song that might have been misconstrued as a groupie act. No?
2: If you if you didn't if you weren't familiar with the catalog, you might have thought that that was an inappropriate request. <laughs> uh, the band knew what I was talking about.
1: <laughs> and did Kurt Cobain stop to acknowledge that you had yelled out this particular song title?
2: Yeah, uh, and someone goes, I don't know if it was Dave or Chris goes, is that Kennedy? And Kurt goes, Yeah, your bosses won't let us play that song.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that part. so folks just so you can play along at home okay the nirvana album is called in utero and we're dancing around it for fun skis uh but these are the types of stories we're going to tell you on the laughs and liberty tour it's things that have happened to us in life (laughs) but on uh the in utero album i believe it's i want to give you the track number right you guys deserve uh you guys deserve accurate reporting here from this show for one day in its life uh but here we are it is Track four from the In Utero album uh, does sound like a request of sorts. Uh, It might involve some type of deviant act between the two parties. And uh, when he famously asked for requests, Kennedy yelled out a song. That they couldn't play because MTV wouldn't let them, and we probably shouldn't even say by name uh, because we're both gainfully employed and we enjoy it. But when we go on the road, I tell them this all the time, we go on the road to say these things live that we can't say on TV or radio. Is that not the whole purpose of the trip is to get it out of our system?
2: Yes, because you'd rather get it out of your system in a live venue where people are paying to be there and they want the goods. Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll be honest with you, the goods are not sanitized.
1: No, this is very much no, no. This is like you're getting conversationally beaten into a gang. It's like do you that old prison thing, Scared Straight, where they'd have like a sassy sixth grader and they'd like put him in a room with a guy who had like three teardrop tattoos and he'd scream at him about gang (laughs) violence. This is, that's what we're doing. We are conducting a Scared Straight for America. Is that, that's the best summation we've come up with. (laughs) It's
2: a, it's a scary yeah, story. it's uh, America, you're asking for it. That's, <laughs> that's going to be the name of our
1: second tour. You and the frickin' seal. I've had enough. All right, gas up the U-Haul. <laughs> you're the greatest. We'll all be watching on Fox Business tonight. Yeah, you're going to be on, Jim. Is that true? I want my hey, dinner plans. George, I, I'm confused about the whole thing. Let me email Jack. I don't know. One way or the... Listen, I'm going to be on either, whether you guys book me or not. How about that? I'm just going to walk on, but we'll <laughs> talk. Have a good show with or without you, as, as the immortal Bono Damn. once said. See ya. There she goes. The Great K Train, the Laughs in Liberty Tour, on sale now. First date is May 6th in Reading, Pennsylvania. Second date is May 20th in Clearwater, Florida. Third date is June 3rd, Davenport, Iowa. Fourth date, June 10th, Mesa, Arizona. Fifth date, June the 24th in Lexington, Kentucky. And the sixth date, July 8th, Holland, Michigan. We're going to be adding a lot more dates, but I have my own tour dates where I'm touring individually. And she, of course, has a TV show four nights a week. And I've got a a -a five-night-a-day-a-week radio show and a TV career and everything in between. Uh... Part and Parcel this all of this growth and excitement is fueled by your loyal listenership joining us now on the show uh, someone who has been as loyal as anybody since this show's launch uh, I am talking about Reese in Sheridan Wyoming hello Reese Jimmy
6: mega 3 year anniversary dittos to your show we <laughs> love you and I I'll tell you what like it is such a disappointment like I don't know if you remember back in the day mm-hmm. like when you were listening to Rush mm-hmm. And you heard the bumper music, like, leading up to the show. Uh-huh. And then there was a guest host.
1: Oh, then you heard Mark Stein.
6: And I did... you heard Mark Stein or <laughs> any of them. Like, they're all...
1: Yeah, I know. But I know I what you mean. Yeah.
6: Like, Josh wasn't there. No. I get that feeling with you now.
1: Well, thank you for and that. That's hilarious. I appreciate that, mm-hmm. my friend.
6: No. And we're... I'll tell you what. Yeah. You will not find a better, more hospitable community than Sheridan, Wyoming. So you come here and i will give you the best steak oh, reese. you will have the best hospitality
0: reese
6: stay here please we need you brother you sure know how to we treat we need, need you in sheridan wyoming we're gonna work it out like we're gonna, don't I'll... tell all those don't tell all those city folks about
3: <laughs> sheridan <'cause
6: laughs> don't want all those here We just
1: like, we like you. Well, thank That means a lot to me, for real. And I will tell Kennedy we're going to Sheridan. And if she can't make it, I'll bring Dana Perino, because as you know, she loves Wyoming. So, Reese, this is going to happen. This is a campaign promise to you, and I never break my campaign promises. I will see you in Sheridan sometime soon. Fire up, fire up whatever you're cooking on, okay? Cast iron, pan, grill, I don't care. The fellas are coming, and they're hungry. Uh, Happy anniversary to you, Reese. Thanks for riding along. We're back after this.
0: It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A man who may or may not be on the Kennedy show tonight. I am booked to appear on the Sean Hannity show as well. Kennedy, it's it's fast and loose. We just we don't know. I might just walk on and do some time on our show anyway. That's kind of how we roll. Uh, But as we close the show today, it is the third year. The third year has now begun for Fox. It was our three year anniversary, however the hell that works. And uh, I just want to thank everybody who's made this magical run possible. Uh, Of course, Mikey and Josh do a phenomenal, just a phenomenal job in the control booth, and I know they know that. But there you go. And if you missed any of today's content, you can, of course, get it uh, on the Fox Across America website. Mikey, I believe they should know. But certainly, Jenny and Lincoln and all the listeners, the one thing I want to say really quick to you guys who listen to the show every day, and I've met a lot of you at these shows. It's really cool to meet you guys. The highest praise anybody gives me is, like, I listen every day at work, or, you know, I listen every day during my commute. Okay, when I was uh, uh, driving along in a taxi in New York City, what I came to deduce is talk radio. Talk radio is a buddy cop movie. And what I mean by that, you know those movies a guy gets into the cop car and he has to meet a new partner and they kind of don't get along at first and they listen to different music and they've got to figure out if they can make it work and ride along and fight crime. That's talk radio in a nutshell. It's a buddy cop movie. You got in a car one day. And you heard a new partner's voice coming out of the speaker. And you had to decide whether or not you could ride along with that guy and fight crime and talk about the world and everything in between. And every one of you uh, who decided I was a suitable partner, it's the highest praise to know, you know, I'm worth fighting crime with day in and day out. So to all of you uh, who have, you know, chosen me as your partner, I say thank you. And uh, obviously for those of you who asked the Sarge for a transfer, I say go. I'm kidding. But happy anniversary to us. Happy anniversary to you. I will see you on the television tonight at nine o'clock on the Sean Hannity show. Until then, uh, it's over. Pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a